You'll have to, though, grab your tissues for this one because if you watched yesterday's edition of Carte Blanche, you'll know why I very deliberately left the mascara off this morning. Uh, the story we shared to you today um, is a very personal one for the Carte Blanche team. And in fact, I'm not, as I usually do, interviewing a producer. I'm speaking to Carte Blanche presenter McFarlane Mulady. Last weekend, was it? The Sunday, the 5th of March, he achieved a massive physical and psychological goal when he completed his first Ironman championship in Klebecha. But the reason why he was doing it is what makes the story so incredibly moving. Iron Mac, we can now officially call you. It's great to have you with us on the show today. Congratulations on this huge achievement and welcome to Cape Talk. Uh, good morning. Thank you so much. It's actually good afternoon. Yes, um, it <laughs> <laughs> it's been one long blur. <laughs> I don't blame you. You'd be forgiven for being adult for the next three weeks still after what you've done. Uh, and we'll talk about the extent of what you've done. Uh, I mean, have you come down off the high of finishing, not just finishing the Ironman, but finishing well within the cutoff time? I, 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 it's still unbelievable. I mean, I look at some of the pictures, I get some of the messages, I'm reminded of the day, um, and I still get goosebumps. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's a life-changing experience, which I think I'll take with me, you know, for the rest of my life, probably. You know, um, I've never done, you know, something so incredibly hard, but also so incredibly fulfilling in my life. So I think for me, this is really, you know, one of those things that, that, you know, when you say there was a moment in my life that changed everything, this was it. And you could see, I mean, you were completely overwhelmed with emotion crossing the finish line, as for the record, as was your colleague Derek Watts. We noticed a tear in his eye as well, McFarland. <laughs> I mean, can you try and put into words what it felt like to put that last foot over the line after 16 plus hours of grueling physical activity? What were you thinking as you finished? At that moment, all I could think of was Andre. We did it. We did it. Because throughout those 16 hours, I spoke to God. I spoke to Andre. I spoke to, I spoke to the pain. I spoke to the suffering. There isn't anyone that, that I couldn't speak to to get some sort of power, to get some sort of strength, just so that I could be able to say, to, to get over that finish line. And I was overwhelmed with tears because... All along the race, my family had been there at different parts when I was cycling or running um, or even when I was swimming. But I did not think that my mom would be at the finish line. When I got over that finish line and I looked up and I saw my mom's face and she put that medal over my head, it just took my breath away and I just broke down in tears because I know what it meant for me, but I also know what it meant for her. And having her um, at the finish line at the age of 70, um, you know, 76, um, to be there and to have spent that 16 hours cheering me on in the rain, in the cold, in the Eastern Cape was an unforgettable moment. Now, like you've mentioned, calling on Andre, let's talk about where the story begins and the really moving thing about it, the why you were doing this race. It takes us back to January of last year. There you are driving through an area you quite often cycle through, uh, the cradle of humankind, and you passed an accident scene involving a cyclist. Take us back to that moment. What went through your head when you drove past that scene initially? So when I drove past that scene initially, I obviously looked towards my right and I saw a mangled Porsche on the side of the road and then drove a little bit on and I saw somebody on the on the, on the ground and a lady holding um, this man almost like cradling, um, cradling him. And my heart stopped and I was 
in in total shock because that's where I usually cycle, as you mentioned, and that could have been me. So I was like, oh man, I hope they're going to be okay. I hope they're going to be okay. Off I go to Lanseria Airport, drop a colleague off, and as I come back, I see a silver foil over the over a body, and I realise one of the cyclists didn't make it and you know my heart just broke um as any ordinary human being with a heart would i drove on and i was really um shocked and taken aback by it and um you know we sort of move on the flight but then about two weeks later i didn't get a call frantic call um from a friend um, that works for a security company because you know sometimes you do dangerous stories at carte blanche and we work with a lot of security companies so this guy calls me and he says listen but um there was an accident in the cradle of humankind about two weeks ago and this guy's trying to trick the system he's trying to get away with it we want to protest we want to march you work for carte blanche what can you do to help because we're not going to allow this guy to get away with it anyway i said but listen china Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. I'm there. Um, I, we can call on police. We can call on whoever. But there's no way that um, we're going to let this guy get away with this because that could have been me. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So then there's the court case. There's protests. There's everything. And then maybe about a week after that or a little bit, uh, a couple of weeks after that um, um, interaction with the guy from the security company, I then go um, on to, uh, I, I see on Facebook, a lady that I work with. Um, I've been working with her in media training for many years. So we do media training for executives with a company called Fleischmann Hellard. And I'd known her for like 15, 20 years. Um, and I see a message now on Sharon's um, Facebook page. And Sharon is like, my dear Andre, taken away from us too soon. Um, you'll be missed. Wah, 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 wah. And then I add one and one. I'm like, no, man, could this? So I send her a message. I say, hi, Shaza. Um, Look, I'm, 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 I'm sorry if I'm, 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 you know, if I haven't heard or I'm, I'm late to this, but is this the same accident that happened in the cradle of humankind? Are you telling me that was Andre on, in, in the road? He says, yes, Mac, that was, that was, that, that, that was Andre. And, um, uh, and obviously I described to her what I saw and I said, yes, sir. And she says, yeah, that was the, me holding my on, on Andre, um, and he died on, on, on that day. Um, so I like I'm broken. I'm like so sorry, Shane. I didn't know. I saw that accident, and you know, and obviously we then got all emotional, etc. And it was in that moment that I then made the decision that, um, you know, I had always promised Andre. So I'd see Andre quite a lot of times because I worked with Sharon at Christmas parties, at work functions, etc., etc. And I always used to tease her. I'm like, are you mad? Why would you do Iron Man? Jesus, you white people are crazy. Who cycles 180 kilometers in runs 42 and swims 3.8 kilometers in the sea? Get another habit. We go buy cars, you know, or yeah. something. But... But I'd made a, a commitment and a promise like at one of those functions that one day, one day when I'm crazy and old like you, um, I'll do an Ironman with you. And um, so I made the, then, um, then we started a campaign, a promise to Andre, because obviously I'll never get a chance to run it with Andre. So let me run it in his honor for his family and for his kids and every other person who's lost a loved one due to negligent or drunk drivers on our roads. And that's where the whole campaign began to keep that promise to Andre. Mufalan, it's one thing to say I'm going to make good on that commitment, but this is about a year away from the next Ironman, and that might sound like a long time, but when you think about what's actually involved, you race through those numbers. I'm going to say them again more slowly so that our listeners can truly digest just what you did. A 3.8-kilometer swim, followed by a 180-kilometer cycle, followed by a 42-kilometer marathon, all in one day, back-to-back. It's a massive undertaking. And, Mac, what sort of physical condition were you in at this point? I mean, you were cycling. Had you been a runner, a swimmer? What sort of regime were you in at the time you made that commitment? 
I was in the great regime of hamburgers, hot dogs, and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, I wasn't in such a bad physical shape um, because, I mean, I used to cycle, but I was cycling for fun, you know, on a Sunday, guard on the cradle of humankind yeah. to like, uh, uh, you know, 20, 30 kilometers, you know. Um, so I was not necessarily in, 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 in the best of shape. And um, just to put into perspective, we started training properly in about September, October. So I, had, I only had six months of training. So it was morning and evening training full time. For the, for, for the next six months. Um, and, you know, I'm still not in the best of shape. I'm, I've, got like a, I've got like a sexy dad bod now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but then I just had a dad bod. <laughs> now it's We're a sexy round, bad dad bod. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it has been the most difficult six months of my life yeah. where having to wake up in the morning, um, you know, at 4.30, get onto the road by 5 o'clock, come back home um, at about 7 or 8 sometimes, after having put in my two to three hours on the bike, get home, wash and go to work and carry on as if it's a normal day in the evenings we do either a swim or a run you know as, as you said back to back for for the past six months that's all that we've been doing yeah but look where it got you over the line with 48 minutes to spare no less and i mean at one point in the middle of that cycle i could see derek was doubting whether you were going to make it mcfarlane and i could see you were in substantial pain what do you think carried you through those last kilometers i mean watching you it's now dark it's cold it's not the nicest of weather and you are still many kilometers from the finish line uh, having to just put one foot in front of the other i mean was it the promise you'd made to andre was it the, the sort of commitment you'd made to his wife Sharon to honor his memory in this way that kept you all the way over the finish line? It was definitely all of the above but the one thing that was going through my mind as always my whole family is here my children is here my children are here I've made this promise to Andre so we, we are going to do what we came to do here and I just closed my eyes at the moment I didn't even know where I was going I just closed my eyes and as you say I kept one foot in front of the other the one thing that carried me through was to say that I can't let myself down and I can't let everybody else down and no matter how much pain or suffering I'm going through right now it'll never ever equate to the pain and suffering that families go through after losing a loved one. I mean, I sat with Sharon, I think, the Monday before I left for PE. And I went, she's got like a little sanctuary um, in, in, in the house where all of Andre's stuff, I mean, he did this for, for 18 years. Um, you know, where all of his medals, his pictures, yeah. his photo finishes, all of that was. And we sat in that room and I told her that I'm going to bring you that medal back. And that's all that was going through my mind, that I can't let that woman down. I can't let those kids down. But most of all, I can't let myself and my family down because this is much bigger than any one of us at this moment. Well, congratulations on doing it. And I want to encourage listeners to go onto the Carte Blanche website and watch the segment so you can get a full understanding of just what he was going through and the tenacity and grit it took to finish this race. Mac, we're going to be late for news, but I have to ask, do you know what has become of the criminal proceedings against the driver involved in Andre's death? I know he was in court uh, several times last year facing charges of culpable homicide and negligent driving. Has the case even come to trial yet? The case hasn't come to trial yet. Of course, of course, what you'll know is that they'll keep postponing, postponing, yeah. postponing until they can't postpone anymore. But um, yes, it's still it's still in court, and um, we're just um, waiting to hear. But it is going well. I mean, it's tiring the family because obviously yeah. you have to keep reliving that moment. But yeah, I know it's still in case. But hopefully, we'll we'll see him in an orange uh, orange overall.
Let's hope so. McFarlane Moleri, well done again. Thank you so much for joining us today and I hope you still have your feet up and a hamburger at your side while you're talking to us. Enjoy the afterglow of knowing you are an Iron Man and thanks for joining us on Cape Talk. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. All the best to you. McFarlane Moleri, Cart Blanche presenter in the spotlight today. And if you missed the segment last night, just a reminder that all of the segments from a Sunday reach the Cart Blanche website by around about the middle of the following week. Obviously, if you've got access to DSTV, you can use the catch-up function to watch it immediately.